0: To you, speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take a lamb, take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the house will be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls, number of persons, every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs, shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sun, with water mean boiled, but must be roasted, roasted with fire, his head with his legs, and the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it. With the lawns girded, shoes on your feet, staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto thee a memorial, for you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put, put away leaven out of your houses for whosoever eateth leaven bread. Leavened bread from the first day unto the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your enemies out of the land of Egypt, therefore, shall ye observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. Now let's uh, skip over here to verse 29. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night and all his servants, and all the Egyptians. There was a great, great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Father, we love your word, every syllable of it. What a wonderful thing, Father, that you have preserved it all down these, through these centuries for our instruction. What a gift of grace that is that you preserved it for our instruction, that we might learn of thee, we might grow in knowledge of thee, grow in knowledge of your will for us, be instructed in righteousness, be instructed in worship, be instructed how to live our lives. Thank you, Father, for your holy word. Lord, we've gathered to worship today, all of us, each of us. We're here to worship you, Father, to study your word together. So, Lord, to that end, wear me like a garment for your glory, your honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, let's look at some of the instructions of the Lord. His first command was to... Pick out a lamb, select the lamb. In verse 3, in the 10th day of this month, take out every man a lamb, everyone a lamb, a lamb for a house. And in verse 5, that lamb is to be without blemish in its first year. And then in verse 6, you shall keep it up until the, four- the 14th day of the same month. And then the whole assembly, of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at evening. That phrase, the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel, that's the first time that's used in scripture speaking of the nation of Israel, the whole congregation. First time that phrase is used to describe that group. So here they are, they're in Egypt, they have this clear instruction from the Lord Select this lamb on the 10th day of this month because this is a particular month for you is going to be the beginning of your new year. So on the 10th day, select this lamb. Keep it up to the 4th day, 14th day. And so why would they do that? To carefully observe in case there was any defect that would show up that they had overlooked and whatever and that's an interesting thing, that four days of observation and keeping that lamb contained there that it had already selected on the tenth day because it coincides with the four days that our Lord Jesus Christ was examined during the Passion Week. Four days for the lamb, four days for the lamb of God being examined. So the, that four days for the lamb of God in the Passion Week is the antitype of this type. So to speak. Note also in verse forty six I didn't read, but in verse forty six in Numbers nine twelve say basically the same thing. In one house shall it be eaten eaten, thou shalt not carry forth out of the of the flesh out of the house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. And that's a prophecy fulfilled in John nineteen thirty six. These things are written, John wrote, that the scripture should be fulfilled a bone of him shall not be broken. John was there and saw that a bone was not broken. And this lamb, the four type, a bone was not to be broken either. The death angel was going to seek out every house, the covering of every house was going to be examined. Is it not safe to say there were sinners in every house? Egyptians and Israelites. There were sinners there. And that death angel was going to examine every house. But there was a difference in those houses, really, in one sense of the word. Because it was not that there were not sinners in every house, Israelite and Egyptian alike, but in those Israelite homes, they were elect sinners nationally. A very important distinction that we need to remember when we're looking at the elect nation of Israel. They were elect nationally as a nation. And thus they had an instruction from the Lord. The death angel is coming. You've got to have a lamb in regard to that preparation for that. Now... Did their election save them from the death angel? Did it? No. No. Only the blood applied to the doorpost. See, in the sovereign purpose of God, not only was he instructing that nation then about the necessity of the blood being applied, but he's also instructing his church that would come through the Paschal Lamb that would come. The blood has to be applied. Death angel Lord, his sword, or whatever he is, so to speak, only when he saw the blood. Verse 13, the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the ha- land of Egypt. And by the way, there's a difference between passing over and passing by, right? These houses weren't just passed by because, oh, this is where the Israelites live over here. No, it wasn't the case. They were passed over only when the blood was seen on those houses of the Israelites, a sign, a token that this house is obediently under the blood of the Passover lamb. And there's a new beginning for these folks. They've been down there a long time. Exodus chapter 12, verse 2, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And this particular, it, uh, it's called a bib, and also the month of Nisan, and that has to do with a Babylonian term and a Hebrew term but it corresponds to our March-April. That's the time frame related to our time frame today. First month of the year for them. A new calendar and a new country beginning right there for them. Been down there 430 years. Can you imagine how many of them had died and were buried in Egypt? God's elect nation. 430 years in Egypt. But the Lord is precise. You know, many, so many times they were, well, we're forgotten down here. Now, when they first went there, it wasn't a bad deal. <laughs> because Joseph was high in rank. But then they raised up a Pharaoh knew not Joseph's, and things drastically changed then. 430 years there. Exodus chapter 12, 40 through 41. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years and it came to pass at the end of 430 years even the self-same day. <laughs> it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out of the land of Egypt. I suspect you probably had an experience like that. I've had. You know, you think, Good grief, Lord, are you going to do this? Are you going to act on this? Or or when's this going to happen? Or, you know, just wait, 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 wait. And also, bam, <laughs> just like that. You see, the Lord's never late. I mentioned a few Sundays ago about this lady singing this song about the Lord coming to Lazarus' tomb. And the chorus refrain was always, showed up four days late just on time. See, they're four days late in my perspective and yours, but just on time according to the sovereign purpose of God. Why God wanted them down there 430 years, I don't know, but he said they were going and they did and they stayed. And on that self same day, this is when the Lord says, time to go home, time to come out of there. No longer now citizens of Egypt. Been there a long time. Immediately after Passover, though, they were pilgrims and we're headed to the promised land. Immediately, right there, just like that. On that self same day, not a citizen of Egypt, but a pilgrim headed to the promised land. That's what it meant for the Old Testament Jew. For a New Testament believer, though, it means a new citizenship to the promised land of heaven. And there's a parallel there, you see. They were going to a new land, we're going to a new land. It's all related to the blood of the Lamb. Philippians 3.20, Paul writes, for our conversation is in heaven. Our life, our meaning, our purpose is in heaven from which we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is there. He also wrote in Philippians 4.3, talking about some of his work associates, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel and with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. The book of life is the census of heaven. Those who are residents of heaven, not yet there. Well, some yet there, yes. But the book of life is the census of heaven. You know, make sure your name's on it. Remember, death abode everywhere and abides everywhere for the blood has not been applied. You're probably like me in some regards. I have to kind of throttle myself and not read too much news. I just check FoxNews.com on the net just to kind of get the highlights and see, you know, if we've been attacked or what. You know, we've sent another fifty billion dollars somewhere else. We shouldn't have sent it, or whatever, or that stay mad all the time. But some of this stuff is so. Mm. Aggravating and angering. You know what we have to remember? Death abides. That's it. We have people in the leadership this company are under the dominion of darkness and death is abiding on them. And as long as we have people under the dominion of darkness and death abiding on them, we're going to have this type of ungodly, ridiculous foolishness going on. Frustrating. Wish the Lord would pour out his spirit on Washington and everyone be saved this afternoon. Ooh, would this be a glorious day tomorrow? But it's not going to happen that way, I suspect. Because this is not our home. And there's the aggravating things about this place that we live in. And certainly we have it better than any other place on the planet. But there's always these reminders that this is not our home. There's a home out there that far surpasses anything this planet could ever afford. And it's the will of God that it be that way. Lord's second command was this, put the leaven out. Select your lamb, put the blood on the doorpost, and get the leaven out. This was the first day instruction after the death angel passed through, blood applied, Saved from the death angel, now get the leaven out. Verse 15, seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day, next morning, you should put, out, put away leaven out of your houses for whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day unto the seventh day shall be cut off from Israel. Serious consequence for disobedience. So on the first day, after the blood was applied, remove all the leaven. The first day, the morning after their salvation from the death angel because of the blood applied, the command, the second command is get the leaven out and don't eat it. Israel left Egypt and started a pilgrim life. They had enough bread, unleavened bread for seven days Verse 39, they had baked 11 cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt. That's the one they're out already. It was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry. Neither had they prepared for themselves any victual. Notice it says they were thrust out. They were. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? They're there 430 years. And it had gotten so difficult for them. Why isn't God doing something? Why hasn't he done something before now? God always has a purpose in doing what he does when he does it. And what was his purpose? This tenth plague had to be dealt with. And this, what he did when he killed these firstborns of every beast and every Egyptian. That showed the Egyptians that that tenth God, that there's was nothing to them. And, every, and the Pharaoh gets up, who has been back and forth, back and forth. He gets up in the middle of the night. And his subordinates with him and say, Look, get out of here. <laughs> take all your cattle. Take everything and get out of our land. Gave an escort to the border. And he said, and bless me also. And there's a lot of people like that. They want the blessings of God, but they don't want the obedience of God. They don't want to quit a lifestyle. You know, Things, sin's attractive. You don't think sin's attractive. You haven't found the right one yet. You got, there's sins that are attractive to you. But people don't want to let go of stuff. But they want the blessings of God on them and their stuff. This doesn't work that way. Sin in the camp of Israel always cause problems, and you can find that throughout the Old Testament. One person, two persons, whatever, sin in the camp of Israel always caused problems, and uh, it causes problems in the local church as well. First Corinthians 5, 1 through 5, Paul wrote, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles. Now, that's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? You know, the Gentiles, that name stood for all of the people unsaved out there outside the church. And he said, look, they don't do what you've got going on in your church. That one should have his father's wife. And you are puffed up and not rather mourned about this, that he that hath done this deed might be taken from you. For verily I, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath done this deed. And in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such as one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. The guy was removed from the fellowship because he had done this deed. So it's the problem? We, have, we analyze the problem. We've got a problem here. This shouldn't be going on in the church. That's sin. That's leaven. <laughs> leaven. Sin is leaven. Sin condoned is leaven condoned. Leaven leavens the whole lump. Before it's over, the it cure is remove the leaven. Pretty simple. 1 Corinthians 5:7, purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as you're unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Note that the purging out of the leaven, that person that had done this, okay? had a redemptive purpose in the final analysis. You see that? This purging out, this removing this person that was committing this horrific sin that was regularly associated to the body of Christ and the body of Christ was doing nothing about it. He was to be removed from the fellowship, but it had a redemptive purpose that the spirit may be saved In the day of the Lord, because see, he suffering the consequence of his sin, not fully come to repentance. You see, it also had a purifying purpose in the church as well, and it always does, because things condoned have a way of affecting the whole body of Christ in that particular cow the little truth taught though in this Passover is this the putting on of the blood is our justification our positional just sanctification positionally it saved him from the death angel okay the putting on of the blood but the putting out of the leaven is a practical work that's what we do and our, our justification, the blood of Christ, cleanses us from all sin. That's our positional sanctification. But even after we're saved, what's the first thing we ought to do? After we're saved, just like they did, get the leaven out of our lives. Listen, I'm not talking about, we're not going to make sinless perfection. I mean, you might. I'm not going to, I can tell you. you know, I know me enough. <laughs> Waverly would say, hey, Bradshaw's never going to be perfectly sinless. I watched him for 45 years. But that's not a license or a liberty for us not to take seriously the call of God upon our lives to get the leaven of sin out of our lives. So the putting out of leaven is our practical work, what we do. And, of course, it's assisted and directed and alerted and instructed by the Holy Spirit of God. By the way... Note that there's no command to put out the leaven before putting on the blood. No command to put out the leaven before putting on the blood. What does that tell us? (laughs) Cleaning up our act and leaving a a sinless life as possible, stopping sinning, is not going to save us. It won't. We have to be saved by the blood of the lamb. Another thing, notice that the the Lord did not say that the presence of leaven in the house proved that there was no no blood on the door. You see, that's not there. The the leaven in the house did not prove there was no leaven on the door. Uh, No blood on the door, excuse me. Because if that was the case, if the leaven in the house were the issues, issue, there wouldn't have been any left alive in Egypt. But it was the blood applied, and they were spared the death angel's fatal swoop because of the blood applied. But the peril is this, the danger is known or unknown leaven in every house. Known or unknown leaven. Those of you who are parents probably have had the experience of discovering all of a sudden there was something going on in your house that you wasn't aware of. That made me one of the most unpopular papas on the planet at times, because I dealt with it. I dealt with it, and their mama did too. Known or unknown leaven. We can't be too passive under the blood. We can't be too active in purging out the leaven. Can't be too passive just because we're covered by the blood. We can't be too active in seeking out the sin in our personal lives and purging it out. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Paul says, Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear and the reverence and the love of God. Perfecting holiness in the love of God. And personal leaven, personal leaven hinders personal holiness. And if you're interested in personal holiness if you're interested in having unhindered fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father as we've spoken of in 1 John, if you're interested in that, you're going to have to do something about the leaven of sin in your life because there's not a compatibility there. We've got to do something about it. And remember these two commands of the Lord had serious consequences that Israelites that failed to apply the blood, if they, and if, if there were any, <laughs> I hope there weren't, but if there was any Israelites that said, look, I'm not going to fool with that. He had death in his house before daylight. That's the way it was. You're either obeyed or you didn't. And it came from the hand of God, not the Egyptians. Isn't that something to think about? A member of an elect nation who was so obstinate that he wouldn't get that lamb and do what he was told and didn't apply the blood, said, no, you know, I'll be okay. That father might've been okay, but his firstborn in there wouldn't be okay. So even if their homes were comparatively free of leaven, The issue is always the blood has to be applied. Then they had to be under the blood, behind the doorpost. Didn't go out of that house that night. Don't be caught in the yard. Stay in the house. Blood on the doorpost. It's the only place, place under the blood. Only place for us safe, under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, what Paul said concerning condoned leaven, you're puffed up. If not rather mourned that he had done this deed might be taken out from among you. There's two aspects of the leaven. They are not dealt with. There's action and inaction. In that church, there was that two aspects to the leaven in that church right there. They hadn't mourned, they hadn't grieved. This guy had done that. Even the Gentiles don't do that sort of thing, Paul said. Two aspects of that. Well, first aspect, of it, there was the action, what he did. This, this guy that committed his sin. But then the other thing was the inaction of the church family and not dealing with it. You haven't mourned over this. You haven't grieved over this. Being under the covering of the blood is no license to condone leaven anywhere in my life, in our church family, Nothing. No, because a pure church is a powerful church. And leaven affects, there's no escaping it. A little leaven will leaven a whole lump in a local church. And you know why? Because of our human nature. And that tendency within us to compare ourselves with ourselves. And Paul knew why he wrote that. We'll compare ourselves with ourselves and say, well, I'll tell you one thing. I know I'm not living really like the Lord really wants me to, but I'm not living like Ramon Kirby over here. See, I'm comparing myself with him. What a sinful thing to do. But see, our tendency is to compare ourselves with ourselves His standard is not me. My standard is not him. Our standard as brothers in Christ the Lord is Christ the Lord. We are to compare ourselves to him and him alone. And that's where the leaven becomes clear when we see Christ as he is in sinless perfection crucified for us. And Paul said, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, sin became exceedingly sinful. And that's when Ray and I find deliverance. And I'm picking on Ray because I know he'll put up with it. <laughs> There's so many things that can be said about this. I could preach till it's dark. But we stay in the Word of God. It keeps us fresh with the instruction of God. We look at the crucifixion. You look at what Christ has done for us, and we see that the gravity that sin is according to the purpose of God for our lives. Again, Paul said, Having these promises, dear to beloved, let's cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, perfecting holiness and the fear and the love of God. And he also said in verse 11, 28, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup, referring to the Lord's Supper. If you read on down there, he pointed out that some of them hadn't done that. Some of them were sickly, and some of them slept. That meant some of them were graveyard dead, they died. Why? Because of profaning the Lord's table. I've said it through the years, but ain't I really believe this? I think regular communion serves a great service to the body of Christ because it serves as a filter. It brings us into confrontation again, afresh, together as a body with the blood of Christ shed for us, the body of Christ broken for us, and it has this warning Examine yourself before you come. We'll share communion today and I want to close in prayer and then our men will come and we will play. We're going to have just a few moments of silent meditation and reflection and to examine our hearts before the Lord. And there may not be anything there to deal with. There may be something the Lord puts on my heart of yours to deal with. That's what this time of reflection is for. Holy Father, we love you. We genuinely do, Father. And we're grateful, Father, that you loved us, first of all, chose us, sent your Son for us. Lord, we're grateful for this, sharing this memorial supper today of what you did for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Quicken our hearts in remembrance, Father, not only of what you've done in Christ Jesus for us, but also if there's anything amiss, anything hindering our fellowship with you, Lord, direct us to that, that we can turn from it, even now, and surrender it all to you. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen.